Hello, hello. This is an audio disclaimer, so don't blame her when I say all music played in this here episode. I do not own the rights to. There's no intention, no desire for copyright infringement. You dig it. So if you don't like it, just boo me. Don't sue me. Contact me. I will take down anything that doesn't belong to me. All rights are reserved to respect the owners. Okay. With that being said, Zeltron, tell them before you can run, you got to start walking. With my back to the sun, keep my head to the sky. Me against the world is me, myself, and I like daylight. Got in touch with my soul, trade us awfully on the path down the rockiest road. Life isn't ice cream without monopoly dough. The property grows in value, and rightfully so. I gotta have it. I see the way the people get treated is problematic. They ready to set us up for failure, it's systematic. But when I felt it, my eyes melted. The selfish are constantly profiting off the helpless. I never do my team green, make the team green like the Celtics. The ones that ain't making it overzealous, they show and tell us throughout history. What I love most about that track, besides it just being a great through and through from production to Denzel's rapping, is that the final file. But on everything I love, I made a beat just like that in high school. Like, exactly like that, minus the second, uh, like, trap part. Um... That if you listen to the fourth song when that uh, B switch happens, I yeah and it, it I remember listening to it and watching the video for the first time and it was damn near nostalgic and now just because of the samples it's like I don't even know where that's from I have to look up and see that but yeah it's it's so weird and it's like no one would <laughs> believe me it's like that uh, J Cole and uh, Brian Tiller sampled. That that one guy had posted that, yeah. Anyhow, my name is Langston Mayo. This is episode 72 of the Isolated Thoughts podcast. Thank you. Thank you. If you look up and look high in the sky, there's an X file. We'll insert the theme here. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. You can join the Patreon for as little as a dollar to make me holler and go up to $20 to make the club happy. Uh, we get, of course, oh, there's some sirens going on. You will be able to get, I'll, I'll pause that. Okay. Again, the perks of living in the city. What was I saying? The Patreon, you can, we're getting the profit picks playlist. We're getting, reviews of movies tv series we're getting a lifetime or as long as you're a patreon member uh discount 
to the website, isoladedthoughtspodcast.com. That's isoladedthoughtspodcast.com. Where you can reach out to me if you want to do some partnership things, if you want to get, however you want to get busy in the city and buy you some merchandise to make it nice. Uh, yeah, that's really that. Follow the socials, Isolated Thoughts Pod on Instagram, Isolated Thoughts Pod on Twitter, Elosinko if you want to get personal. And yeah, this episode's a bit different because I just spent the past, I don't know, 20 minutes just sitting here before I press record. It's kind of reflecting where I am right now. And to everyone that's listening, again, we've had some folks drop out of Patreon. Again, I'm really transparent about this because I think about how much I love this shit and how much I appreciate y'all. And I would do this if no one was listening. Of course, it would make it more difficult uh, to think about, you know, the what am I like? What's happening? If there was a less of an audience, but hey, where I'm still trying to find my footing from, like I still haven't recovered from the six months, six month hiatus that the recording academy kind of forced me into and so i'm i personally i've i've applied for a lot of opportunities um career-wise as again i have my master's degree and uh i'm certainly qualified to do a lot of things both on a technical level and i just think you know me individually cut how i'm cut Jesus, I'm trying not to cut off again with these damn sirens that I know what uniquely I bring to any organization, any company, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I shit you not. I, there's, I've probably only been rejected from one job in particular. One that I was like, who this would be a, 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 a life changer, let alone a game changer. But everyone else, nothing. Fucking crickets. Fucking crickets. Uh, and some that have gone as far back as six months. I haven't heard anything, and that's what me following up and shit. I'm talking about shit that I'm going across town, meeting people in person. Like, I applied online. I know y'all got my shit. It says it, all that, blah, blah, blah. And still getting run around and things. And I just think about I've been on here for now 72 episodes talking about faith and all these other things. And I, I, I can't talk with y'all about these things and mean them, of course, and not have them, not have a moment to really reflect it back on my own life and see about what brings me joy. What, what do I love to do? What am I doing? What do I, what do I spend my time doing? What am I attracting uh, both intentionally and unintentionally, like what am I investing in yeah, b- building towards? And this is what I love to do. If I every day could wake up, eat a nice breakfast, drink a nice smoothie, particularly like green things in there, uh, but some you know, good fruits and stuff in there too drive or be take 
nicely well-funded public transportation to a building, maybe an office, something, something nice. But hey, as long as it's safe and secure <laughs> uh, and friendly environment and get on, get in front of a camera, get in front of a microphone and just talk with people. I'd be one of the happiest men alive. And I realized, though, I have a master's in a particular area that I I genuinely do love. There's no but to it. With conflict and dispute resolution, I love everything about that because it's so inherent to me and who I am as a person. That that's why I pursued the field once I found out it was an actual, like, explicit field to follow. And so the things that I've been pursuing in that endeavor seem to go, I don't, I don't know how to put in words. And you know, I wasn't planning on talking about this. It's, it's in my notes. I just felt the microphone's literally right there. Like I've done this before where again, kind of with the start of isolated thoughts was that I was having a lot of music and movie and conversations, shit, even by myself, well before a pandemic, this is <laughs> my lifelong here. That it only made sense that I get on the fucking microphone and like put it somewhere because I know just like I started with the profit picks that hey just keeping the buck fifty I have a, I have a very good taste and I have some rather you know dope insight if the, at the least bit and so while this is a bit more interpersonal about my own self. Uh, I can only hope that at least one person who stumbled across the episode, even if it's the first time listening to the show or it's, you know, you've been rocking with me for going on two years now that I, that, that if anything, I'll, you know, I'm jumping ahead to food for thought, which I didn't have for this week, but it'd be tied into just, like, listen, just listen. And so I think about, I'll share with y'all what I, I spend a lot of my time doing. I'm often watching podcasts or interviews. And I don't really care for talk show, talk shows at all, because they're so, they're so barren. They're so lacking organicness, right? There's something about the old, you know, Johnny Carson days of the Tonight Show, Um but and even I don't I never found Jay Leno funny. There's something about the you know the Jay Leno run, especially the early part of the Tonight Show, that is missing in Fallon, missing in Kimmel, and don't get me started on <laughs> the other late 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 shows and shit. Uh, Conan Conan O'Brien was pretty dope though, and I said I'll say like I the like that medium. Is always getting calling to me, and in the sense of just like that's where I like it's like my ten thousand hours. Like I do this by doing the pod and speaking and shit throughout my life in college, like you know, public presentations, public speaking, like doing that. But in terms of consuming, like being a student of the game, and fucking who has a pod, like podcasting so harder because it's there's no gatekeepers, like it's it ain't. Everyone can get a microphone and some equipment and just start doing some shit for better, or for worse. Of course, I'm here about all about accessibility and 
Jesus Christ, do we need y'all to fucking stop talking about gender roles and other ridiculous things? I just know that I have to make a pivot. I don't know how or even really towards where. I know, again, have I laid out to y'all what I want? My days look like traveling a lot. And engaging, not just talking about, like I want to talk about these things, but I want to engage in the culture of entertainment. And again, not for the sake of being an entertainer, not for the sake of being in the mix, but because I love music that much. I love the art of movie making so much. Television, like the building and the the the, the telling of stories. Again, expression is everything. It's the if you take away anything, and this is something I stand on so much from me, please, is knowing that what is essential to the human experience is expression. Is expression to express yourself, to experience things, and to express them. That's why that's why this world is so grand. That's why there's so many people. You will never be able to meet all the people in the world. Never. Same way you'll never be able to know all the information. It's not for you to consume it all. That's what greed, capitalism, consumerism has t- like conditioned us to believe that you can conquer it all. You can have it all. You'll never have enough money. You'll never have enough anything outside of again, love and and connection and compassion you can be full with those things but things that someone can take away from you you cannot and so really focusing on how much are you experiencing it's not about again experiencing all the things just what are you experiencing are you experiencing new perspectives people that you disagree with are you experiencing the things that make you happy And then how are you expressing yourself through these experiences? When you're in the lulls of experience, when you're experiencing a lull, that's something I have to even reframe that myself because the the lull itself, the the down parts are an experience in and of itself. The highs, the fascinating moments aren't just the experiences. So when you feel like you may be literally clinically depressed and or just unsure, that too is an experience. And so the expression piece, it's it's me a very long winded way of talking about the expression and why I love art so much. Why I love video games and movies and TV and music and shit, science, even like the idea that everything has a creative force behind it. Uh, I know that I want to, I want to be involved and connected and contribute to that. Whether it be just giving folks, it's not even about giving because I have nothing to give but myself. And so sharing a platform with folks that share their stories to get out their ideas, it's, it's quite essential. And so I appreciate y'all spending the past 12, 12, 15 minutes, I guess, from the start of the podcast. But at least this section here has been about uh, 
little over 12 minutes of me just ranting about me trying to figure out what the fuck is next. And I, I don't know, but I do know. It's all those things I just said because one way or another, it has, it has to come to fruition. I just have to do my part. And so it all stems from me saying that I, I feel like I'm experiencing the lows a bit and have been for a while. And I know that even as I you know, was sitting here trying to get the equipment together to start recording, that even though I didn't feel all that like passion to get into, I only had you know, a handful of notes for this week. And I didn't record the last week because these things were busy. I know that I love this unconditionally. There's nothing I would rather do going full circle to what I said with a picture of a perfect day to go air quotes do work. Um, so with all that being said, I'll cut it off here. We'll transition to something new. Maybe I'll play some music. Maybe I, like 13 straight minutes of talking is a lot. <laughs> so maybe I'll, no, 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 I'll just <laughs> put a break in here. Let it breathe for like a couple seconds and then pick up with the first like actual segment of talking. So I think. And now we'll resume with the actual podcast. I again live in Dallas. So say it's Friday the fourth and we are recovering from such a wild snowstorm. It wasn't it just was really cold Wednesday and then wake up Thursday and it's snowing. And for these a couple of hours it was actually like thick snowing, but it just wasn't sticking much and then Throughout the night and early, early this morning, like seven and eight o'clock, it was like icy on the ground, but clearly wasn't icy because it's only 33 degrees and the sun's out and mostly everything's melted. So, so much for yeah, it being ice, but I do believe that there is a good amount of ice on the streets and seeing all the videos of people out and about, I understand the city doesn't get snow all the whatnot but the lack of preparation for ice like plowing is so so ridiculous the, the highways had were not you know paved or paved they weren't clear but there's not that much snow like a regular shovel would have been available to clear the amount of snow on the ground so i just yeah, i hope everyone was safe um in the sense of traveling there was so much panic but of course um, February of 2021 was a very hard time for Texas because of the power outages. So, yeah, that is very, you know, it's very understandable why people were panic buying and different things. And even I went to the store on Wednesday and got something just in case because while living in Colorado a lot of my life, certainly I know, like, real blizzards type shit and people don't you know we just get ready and whatever the case is but i'm talking about they was treating this shit like it was the pandemic again people's getting gas all type of shit but again I, I guess i get it i guess i don't know why they're i think they're gonna, i was thinking about that why the fuck were they getting gas out here like nigga you, you're not supposed to go nowhere like <laughs> like they weren't filling up jugs of like for the generators niggas just filling up their cars but whatever you know 
whatever. It's over now. I don't think it's ever going to snow again. Global warming. So, what I want to talk about. Like, it's really short. All I want to talk about is this Brian Flores lawsuit with the NFL. It's pretty crazy. So, I am a noted Patriots fan, yes. And I really don't give a fuck about the NFL. The National Football League is an interesting product. I Football is far from my favorite sport, but I've grown to really enjoy it from a kid. Again, I've been a Patriots fan since I started following the NFL. Thanks to Madden, really, because basketball was just ingrained early on. Like, I had the basketball hoop. Just the sport was just dope. All yeah, yeah. But football, my mom really introduced me to football. And so it wasn't until I moved to Colorado and would be playing video games, you know, PlayStation 2 with my cousins and, you know, Madden football, uh, NFL 2K. The fucking pro, like all the football again. When there wasn't a fucking monopoly of football titles, pro football titles at that, by EA Sports and John, uh, rest in peace, John Madden, and the Madden titles like series. There was a lot of options. Yada yada. Again, I like the Eagles because they had a black quarterback and things like Terrell Owens. You know, once he came over, Westbrook, cool. But then there's something about the. Patriots, I don't know, some Ty Law, you know, Troy Brown, this this Tom Brady guy, pretty good. So I just kind of de facto chose them as my team and <laughs> nearly 20 years since, here we are. And yeah, all that to say about background wise, the NFL is is overtly oppressive. I get it. They pay their athletes a lot of money in the averages of Hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions of dollars. And the best of the best get paid tens of millions of dollars. Right. This isn't, oh, we can look at the, the, the facts that they are. And if we're going to look at the facts that they are, the owners, all white, except for um, the Jaguars owner. And definitely the definition of the good old boys club. So we look at the product of the NBA and the NFL. The NBA, also that, but the commissioners aren't cucks. And I really tried to avoid using that term because <laughs> really like internet, like, you know, start using things like incels and stuff. I don't, I don't talk like that, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a real life human being. Uh, but Roger Goodell compared to Adam Silver, let alone David Stern, get out of here. Get out of here. David Stern was the mob, okay? Like, not like Pat Riley the mob, but almost similar to, hey, I'm going to bring this fucking league to the next level. And that's what he did in the 80s, in the 90s, in the early 2000s. He, once he got his diamond in the rough in Michael Jordan, it was on the crack end. We're going to make this motherfucker the internet. Y'all can play football around the world. Again, it's going to be hard to do the whatnot because anywhere in the, like, you, you still kind of need a little bit of things to play basketball. But at least, you no, know, in soccer, football, you could just get the ball and kids kick around to each other in dirt. So that's why it's so accessible. Basketball, almost similarly uh, as 
what's the word, like accessible and everyone can do a little entry point because you could just have one ball, one person and, you know, practice dribbling, put up a basket, you don't have to be like a, a rim and do shit while football, like what the fuck are you going to do? Just practice, <laughs> practice hurdle drills or something. They're like, what are you going to do? You need another person to play football. And so all that to say, David Stern took the NBA to the next heights. Adam Silver, you know, he's the, I'm not going to get it twisted. The bottom line is still important to the NBA. Of course it is. And the amount of freedoms that they allow players and organizations to do, I think it's no, it should be noted. Like it's notable. It's notable. They're they're willing to not just pander but really do something. They would have get the fuck out. You do you think Donald Sterling would have left the NFL? Fuck no. What? It would have taken so many. It would have took what the Washington football team went through, becoming now the Washington Commanders, uh, with FedEx backing out. Like it would have took corporate sponsorships to be like, yo, you're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars if you don't change your racist name. Because now people are looking at us crazy because we've been funding you all these years when you were the Washington insert racial slur here. And but we need to protect our bottom line. So, you know, bottom line, blah, blah. Don't, it didn't take bottom line. It took the team like the NBA responded to the team, the players feeling uncomfortable and feeling not right. That they responded by getting Donald Sterling out of here and doing genuine investigations, at least you know, from looks like the outside looking in on the Suns um, owner and now the general manager for the Portland Trailblazers, at least former general manager, because I think they have a new one now. And so those things, the NBA there's more liberties. So that's where we come to Brian Flores, former defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. That's how we all get here. Full story. Come on. Stick with me. Stick with me, baby. And he goes, gets a job, head coach for the Miami Dolphins. If you know anything about the Miami Dolphins, they fucking suck. Unless you're talking about Dan Marino in the glory days, the Dolphins have been a boo. Brian Flores comes into town 2019, bang, they're stinkers, but they look like very weird stinkers. Like, why are they losing games that they should win or not should win, but at least be more competitive in like they're, they're not trying like they, they, like how the Jets look this year, the Jets look just discombobulated. Like they have no leadership. They weren't lacking leadership in 2019. They were just looking very like but they're the dolphins so no one expects too much 2020 comes around hey whoa 10 wins whoa what's what's this brian flores they in and they're fucking beating the patriots oh come on now come on now then this past year they start off one and seven boom finish the year eight and one come out with a winning season nine wins what happens black mr brian flores Get him out of here. Fired. Why would he be fired? He turned in three seasons. Yes, he had a 23 and 24, 25 and 26, one of those two uh, record. So it wasn't, you know, certain right home about. But if you watch this, even the snapshot, a snapshot of the three seasons, let alone actually watch them thoroughly, he was turning this thing around. Yeah, there's some rumors with 
him and Tua and all this different shit. But, hey, if you had a chance to get Deshaun Watson, you get Deshaun Watson. Anyhow, now we're here. And now as he fired, he's like, yo, mm-mm. this is what I'm going to do. Me and my representation going to let you know that this nation is up to some fully that they was playing around and now he has a classic law class action lawsuit against the miami dolphins the new york giants and the denver broncos yay donkeys so why this is big is because unlike the colin kaepernick situation that wasn't a class act, like that was him and eric reed like kind of especially Colin Kaepernick seen the writing on the walls that he was never going to come back in the league. They were never going to bring his kneeling ass back. So get the bag and settle. Then you know, they was all. I think they were always going to settle out of court. There's no way the NFL was going to publicly admit to anything. So and it wasn't again. I forgot what it's like a collusion, collusion suit or some shit. It's again it's a civil case, same way that it's a class action. You know, is. But the results are always going to be different. Sell out of court, get your money, never talk about it again. Also, just know that you'll never play again. This, Brian Flores, he knows that he's putting it at risk and at jeopardy to never get a job again. But that's not the goal. The goal is to simply expose what's going on. And what's going on is the NFL, he's saying that, in short, some of the big highlights, because it's a 50-some page document. That the Denver Broncos in 2019, when they hired Vic Vangio, who, come on, they said that Elway and all the motherfuckers showed up drunk, hungover, talking about, uh, they just gave him one because of the Rooney Rule. If you come for, um, I'm sure the Rooney Rule, Rooney Rule is named after, I think, the owner of the, what is it, the Steelers or the, well, I forgot who, who it was. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Rooney. <laughs> Not even trying to be funny. He, the, the NFL put it into play like in early 2000s that they, oh, we're not, there's no black people anywhere. So we have to have all NFL teams interview at, at least one diverse person. And now it's evolved all the way into that the interview at least two quote unquote no minority people. And then that goes from not just coaches head coaches, but all the way up to executive positions. And, yeah, and so what we have is just Mike Tomlin. Just Mike Tomlin is the only black head coach, and he's an elite head coach. Like, there's Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, and then there's right underneath Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin. Uh, who else will be in that tier? Mm, Andy Reid. Yeah, those, like those are the those are the three. Those those are the three, and I would say maybe Andy Reid might be like a sub tier below the Sean Payton. No, I'll I'll give my respect to Andy Reid. So those three, and then Belichick being the class of his own. Besides that, everyone else is it 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 varies. It varies, and. All that to be said, though, we, we only have, I don't know how many black coaches in the history of the NFL, but 
there hasn't been a lot and there's never been more than like, I think four at once, if that. And yeah. So right now, Blind Forest is saying that the Broncos did that. Uh, he, he, again, being a former Patriot uh, coach, he gets a, a text from Bill Belichick saying like, congratulations on the job of the Giants. And he's like, that's kind of crazy. Like, that's the one I want, but I didn't even interview for that motherfucker yet. But he's like, like, Bill, are you sure you're texting me and not Brian Dable? Dable? Bill's like, shit. Uh, sorry, man. I fucked up. I meant to be texting Brian Dable. And then come to find out, they already confirmed, at least according to Bill Belichick's text messages, that the Giants had already kind of decided on Dable before they interviewed Flores. You're like, what's the issue? With the Rooney rule is that you can't make a decision until you've already had until you've had the interviews and those interviews include those minority. I hate, I hate saying minority when like talking about black people because it's such a, a damning word. Like we are marginalized, but minority is such a, I don't know. It's just an antiquated term for me. Like the minority people like sure, I guess anyhow. And then the final thing is with the the Dolphins is he said that it was a legend to pay him $100,000 per loss to tank and to like tamper with, you know, cup quarterback, all type of shit that just was anti-winning. And so Hugh Jackson, former uh, Cleveland Browns head coach, came out and said, I mean, he's currently at Grambling State, shout out to HBCUs. He came out right after the loss to make like a day later and said, you know what? Shit, the Browns are trying to, they paid me to tank too. Not in the same way that they paid Brian Flores, but they set me up to not be successful on purpose. And so the issue is up being that they may do this with white coaches too, but the issue is up being like where there's like the NFL exists in this way. Again, there's so, like, there's also, you got to think about how they just only care about their bottom line, and they operate, like, as monopolies. Like, no other professional football team can exist in these areas. All this shit. Like, they don't, the NBA has the G League, you know, from the D League, but the G League, I bring that up because of the idea that they really do care about expanding their product and doing more with it than the NFL being this hold on greedy, like just scared of change. And they know they're going to generate billions of dollars a year that if they really worry about anything outside of making money, they wouldn't behave this way. And so with ownership and folks maybe setting up players and teams to lose more teams. Cause it's, I feel like it's hard to, or coaches rather for the convince players to be like anti-competitive. It just would show, even though you asked me super Bowl 50 between the Panthers and the Broncos was rigged. It had, bro, bro, there's no way that that game turned out that way. And things like this are starting to raise my suspicion and I'll get into gambling in a second. So I bring it up to say this. I'm going to pause here because there's sounds being made. Nope, I'll just keep going. I can edit that out. <laughs> what I will say is this. There's sure there's other white coaches that probably received a bag for like 
no, we see terrible franchises all over. The issue is when there's so few black coaches, when you set up a Brian Flores and Hugh Jackson to intentionally lose, you're going to fire them. Like, like, you know, like you, you have, like, you're not going to keep them on. Like you're in the business of winning, like, but of course it's happening under the table. And so you're, you're using them to get draft picks or, you know, what are the fucking cases, you know, trade players to, you know, be a failing product so you can kind of move things around, but at the expense of these head coaches and with these black head coaches that have losing records and losing tenures, they're never going to get a fucking opportunity again. And so while there's a lot of people joking online, you can pay me a hundred thousand dollars. I'll be running the, the Giants formation, run the Seahawks, no interception of Malcolm Butler every time. We get it. Y'all no, can be bought. That's why Brian Flores is like, I couldn't be bought. Cause he said, I didn't even take the money because I want to win football games. And we see it despite of that, we see what happened. And so I, 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 I can only hope that more people can come out and join this class action. Hopefully Hugh hops on and joins this class action and something has to come about this because the NFL has always been just a sham place to me. And so we think about Tim Donahue, the referee in the NBA that was fixing games for the fucking mob or whatever he was fucking doing uh, like 10, 10, 12 years ago that I have a big problem with sports gambling becoming readily available now. There's a reason why that shit was illegal because it impacts the, the integrity of the game. Like if you want to do fantasy, sure. Like that fantasy was the pseudo gambling that you can know join leagues and pay money to do that. Like that was the pseudo gambling while sports gambling and betting and playing numbers was illegal. Now, with every fucking DraftKings, excuse me, we'll give no free advertisements here. You name all the fucking big betting sites and websites. Why would you think, especially somewhere like the NFL, that's why I bring this all up, that it won't start impacting the product that we see on the field. And I mean, the NBA is not immune either, but certainly there. Because if Owners are willing to say, hey, do this again to fans are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, obviously millions of dollars, like collectively to buy merchandise, buy tickets, show up to games. The cities are giving these fucking owners and organizations tax credits and cuts to build fucking uh, stadiums and expansions to facilities instead of fucking contributing to homelessness and fucking children starving in their own cities. And you're telling me that we're just going to normalize gambling because now it's all, it's all fair and love and war that anything goes. If the, if the common man, if everybody has access, don't you think the more nefarious folks that have more influence, that have more like put a hand on the shoulder pad, like, Hey, I need you to, I got a lot riding on, the like I need you to take a dive type shit and why wouldn't that come into play bro like why wouldn't that come into play so all I have to say 
Hopefully Brian Flores comes out victorious and we have something new that comes out of the NFL and what they got going. Again, the NBA is not you know, immune to any of this. You know, keep the pressure on them too. But I would say the NBA has at least shown outly and explicitly they're about, you know, like they know who their stakeholders are and they're, it's the, it's the fans, it's the consumer. The NFL knows that people, they're like the, they're like anything that's prestigious. Oftentimes they know that people will always come back to them. They have, they have brand loyalty for some kind of sports fan, you know, fanatics and shit that I don't have to do anything different. Cause I'm, I am inevitably going to be, you know, like, why wouldn't you be here? Why wouldn't you continue to spend your money with me? And so hopefully we get some of the shake up there, but on that note, take a break and we'll be back with some music. All right. So I've only really listened to Denzel's new song. I just been listening to other shit, but new releases, some of the new releases run through them. Uh, I guess a new Juice World. Is this a project? Is this a song? I don't know. They just gonna keep milking, milking this man's content post his death. Unfortunately, uh, Nicki Minaj, Lil Baby have a song. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Willow. Uh, Twenty One Savage, King Von. Look forward to that. Uh, this YG J Cole Moneybag Yo track's been advertised for a while, so we're gonna get look at that. Um, Two Chainz album just dropped. What else? We got, oh yeah, that EP, it's a, it's called Contracts. It's from Grand Theft Auto 5 Online. It was some, like, expansion that was on there that Dr. Dre had connection with. And so there's, like, a five-song EP that dropped on that, which I'm, I'll am i take a listen to, of course. It was, let's see. Oh, wait, why is it, like, all individual songs? Why isn't there, like, a full EP? Well, there's Black Privilege, and then there's one with, yeah, they're all, they all released as singles. It's so stupid. So, Scenic Route with Rick Ross, Gospel, Eminem, Falling Up with Turs and Coco Sarai, Diamond Mind with Nipsey Hussle and Ty Dolla Sign. So, I listen to those songs. I wish they were all, like, together in one thing. Or, yeah, Yo Gotti, 42, Doug, ESTG. Definitely anything ESTG drops is yeah, he Louisville really got one. Oh, E40 saw the baby. Okay, okay, let's see what is there anything particularly for me that he's recommending? Not yet. So, yeah, Big 30. Yeah, that's really that. That is really that as far as music goes. So, uh, next week though, well, no, not even next week, it's the week after. The 18th, we're getting Digital Roses Don't Die. That's Big Crit's album. As soon as the pre-order drops, you know I'm in there, in there, in there. Definitely getting my monies. I was really mad. He posted a, he pretty much he was in Dallas last week and didn't like let anyone know until the day of, or the day before, rather. It was, yeah. Anyhow, I really would have liked to have gone, especially if he was doing new music, but hey. And Earth King was here as well. This past week to do the uh, new album, but I had prior obligations, so I wasn't able to go. But that would have been cool. Uh, yeah, Kanye is supposed to drop Donda two on uh, February twenty second, two 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 twenty two. 
that should be interesting. If it drops, I don't think it will. But hey, we can only hope because he's doing another big, you know, everyone's in the studio type deal. So we'll see. Hopefully, push is coming soon too. Um, yeah, that's you know, that's that. We'll we'll see. Everyone flirting at albums coming out, but we'll 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 see who really drops something. Because um, yeah, Earth Game was supposed to come out, but I guess the project wasn't ready. But Jizz, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. But now we're going to talk about whether private watching. And not sure really outside of the show. So I'll have to begin in all this, like the little shit that I watch. But I finally started Euphoria. And I say started really, really, really loosely because, well, I don't think I will ever finish Euphoria. It's such a un... It's just not a not for me show. I'll say that. It's not a, it's not a bad quality show. It's just not for me. And, and it's weird because it's different in the way I usually feel about TV shows with kids. Like, oh, hey, kids. Well, I do kind of feel this way. It's mature. So their kid antics isn't the issue. It's the issue that I can only have a suspension of disbelief for so long that our suspension of disbelief, I forgot the, the phrase, what the term is, but I can only be like, okay, yeah, I know these are like people my age, but they're playing high school kids. But they're high school kids. I don't want to see high school kids having sex. That like as a twenty four old twenty four year old young man, I don't want to see breasts and penises of what is depicted to be children. That 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 doesn't make me feel comfortable. So I get that they're grown adults or not grown adults. Cause even at the time, a lot of them were like fucking 1920, which is really weird. We think about, it. I don't know who the director and all the shit is. And I don't know who's putting this product together on HBO. <laughs> hey, I don't think it's like this big, like issue issue because I know it has a large demographic, particularly a large female demographic. Again, if you like the grassy, uh, as a friend put it to me, I think this show will be, it's like the grassy, but X-rated. Way more drugs, way more sex, way more that. While the grassy, I think, was more like teen happy. Like it was like your average 16, 17 year old would really enjoy the grassy. I mean, even you know, younger than that, of course, because people my age were younger than that when the grassy was on. I didn't ever watch it, so it never really caught my, you know my vibe but again I can see where like okay there's a there's a reason why this show is a hit and people like it however I just can't get behind like why not just make them college students like why like oh I I get for I've only seen two episodes so again there's a lot I'm not getting (laughs) but I get some of the younger like the like some of the things you can go with that with it with them being in high school, but the and the the show would like has a bit of a like it ha- it has a good feeling behind it in the sense of like I get where they're going with it, but the ultimate execution of yeah I don't want to see kids depicted in adult light like I yeah it just it doesn't but again a lot of people live lives like this I guess. Um, I'm not a cool kid. 
So that's that. I plan on seeing Jackass uh, Forever, the fourth Jackass film this weekend. Uh, I'll put a review up of that. Don't you know, expect it to be too in-depth. Just more of like a general, like, hey, did they do a good job? Was it worth all this time off? Um, and I'm sure it will be. I think it's going to be a good, fun to watch. My mom was pretty strict on things I could consume growing up, uh, but occasionally some of the jackass things was able to slip by. Uh, but coming up, we got some getting some horror movies, not next week, but the week after. We got Texas Chainsaw on Netflix, so know what's going down with that. Uh, Cursed is coming out the same time. Uh, Scream 6 got... Um, green lit and they're supposed to start filming this summer uh, you know, a lot of things the x movie again by a24 freaking kid cutty i think i mentioned before coming so yeah we're gonna we're definitely gonna have some things coming up this year or the kanye documentary debuts next friday so that should be good part one i think every week so two more weeks of it yeah looking for it but that's all the profit watching and now we're going to get the food for thought. But I think we are rather in-depth about that at the beginning. And some food for thought. Some, some, some food for thought. It's really simple. We, again, we, we're not going to be the horse with a stick. A dead stick. Right? <laughs> Simply put, y'all, just listen. Take time to listen. What it is that's itching internally. Um, yeah. I would say, again, the book that I read, I have it right here. It is called The Hollywood Commandments, A Spiritual Guide to Secular Success. It's a book by Devon Franklin, uh, famously now the ex-husband of Megan Good. Don't mean that in disrespect. Megan Good is absolutely beautiful. And so I remember him being on The Breakfast Club and he went on there and talked about, I had a book, like some book that, like, again, made him a New York Times bestseller. It, what was that book? It was something like that to do with, like, being married and shit and being Christian. <laughs> but it was a, a big time. And then when he was talking about this book, though, it was really interesting about having your faith in it. You know, being able to like have material success. I only rely on this because one of the, the ultimate takeaways I take from this book is a good read, and I think everyone should read it. Is when you're like not necessarily just lost, but when you're trying to like, you know, get back on track, that service, like doing service, will always bring you back to where you are supposed to be. And I just want us to think about that. What I talked about, I talked about at the beginning with just listening to yourself and these different things that when in doubt, find a way to be a contributor, find a way that I mean, to my even as simple as like join the goal, volunteer at your food bank, at your at your shelter, like doing that, like baseline of like service is just as efficient as some other way of like, you know, working on a team or wherever it may be. And so. Find time because again, it's it's all borrowed. Really, really, it's all borrowed. None of this shit. If it's not, 
guaranteed it's not yours. So it's time it's something that we share with each other. And I wanted I want us to be able to maximize it and have us to be all realized and fulfilled. And so again, use your time, find some time just to listen. And if you feel like the light's a little dim about where to head to, find ways to be of service. And knowing that that selfless act of contributing to something greater than yourself will often be the nudge that twists your light bulb a little bit tighter so that, the, that when you flip the switch on, the light comes on. So on that note, I'm going to play a little Toonie Tune, Tyler Crater, featuring Kelly. Oochies, ooh wee. <laughs> Find your wings from the album Cherry Bomb. I think it's just fitting. I love y'all. I really do thank y'all for every time y'all tune in with me. Whether it be your first time or your last time, I'm just I appreciate that you spend some time. My name is Langston Mel. I'll catch you again. One time. Out.